0: I know it's not going to be easy. It's going to be the fight of my life. There's no way that I'm not leaving SummerSlam with this championship. She's going to have to kill me. She's going to have to break my arm.
1: Welcome welcome to after the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I have returned to my beloved Bat cave everything is back to normal. We are barreling toward Nashville Tennessee Nissan Stadium Summerslam just a few weeks away I cannot wait. Got a lot to talk about and of course as every week to help me navigate the waters of the WWE Universe he is the Donnie to my Walter. The voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, I've called basically every show for the past two weeks. My brain is fried, it is scrambled. I am back home and I'm relatively well rested. But I want to. We talk every week about Raw, about Friday Night SmackDown, about the pay per views. And sometimes perhaps we don't give as much attention to NXT as we'd like to. So I'd like to do that this week. You all okay. right with that?
2: Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd love to do it.
1: I woke up this morning because my body is still not sure what time zone it's in. I've spent the better part of the past several weeks in every time zone from Vegas to San Diego, to Fort Worth, to San Antonio, finally back to the Berg. I woke up at five o'clock this morning and as to not rouse my better half, I came downstairs, made myself a pot of coffee and I decided to catch up on NXT 2.0 and Vic got some observations.
2: Well, I'm, All ears because I was very interested. You weren't texting me last night
1: during the show because obviously we record this on a Wednesday. Truth be told, I was dead asleep. Went to bed at 8 8 p.m. last night. That might have had something to do with it. I just needed a lot of rest. I'm a busy guy, Vic. My brain is just an amalgam of WWE right now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello So I'm focusing on what's freshest in my brain. Oh, by the way, we've got the new SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan joining us in a little bit. But uh, I'd like to to have a little discussion about something I noticed about NXT 2.0. You obviously, as the lead play-by-play guy alongside Wade Barrett, get the best seat in the house. You keep a closer eye on things. So I'm going to defer to your opinion. But
2: it's a dangerous thing.
1: From where I sit... I noticed something about NXT 2.0 last night, and we've talked a lot about how the rebrand was and how it was a work in progress, and NXT 2.0 is markedly different from what NXT had become and bears a little closer resemblance to NXT in its infancy, in its early days. Love that. We know it's not a secret that most of the men and women that we're going to see on NXT 2.0 will transition someday to Raw or SmackDown, and they're not the finished product just yet. Correct? Correct. Yeah.
2: No disagreement.
1: It's developmental. It's for a lot of these athletes who maybe didn't come from the wrestling business to learn. It's a lot of, it's an opportunity for a lot of people who have spent time in the business to perfect, to hone their craft, to become a more marketable, complete superstar for WWE. And I see no shortage of future stars. NXT is littered with them from Braun Breaker on down. I think there's Plenty of money. I think the business is in a very healthy position, very healthy, capable hands in NXT at the Performance Center, the developmental program from the ground up. Not worried about that. So I don't want this to come across as negative. This was just something that I noticed while watching NXT 2.0 this morning. Almost to a person, everyone that came to the ring or had a video package that was followed by an entrance is unique i love the off-site shoots that nxt's been churning out with with uh, brooks and brooks jensen, and jensen. You specifically in the bar mentioned
2: santos and the don on the boat Yeah, i love ago. it i think
1: it's it's cool it's All it's right. it, it look this isn't cinema, cinematic mastery this is not you know oscar level performance but it's an opportunity for everybody to kind of get their chops about them get comfortable in different environments in front of more cameras and really complete themselves and figure it out but i've noticed this problem that once the bell rings everybody wrestles the same way the example i'm going to give you is the first one that i noticed and that was giovanni vinci I love the presentation of Giovanni Vinci. I think it's cool. I get it from the the vignettes hyping his return to NXT or the premiere of the new Giovanni Vinci. The music hits that comes out with the the snapshots, the photography, the Gucci-inspired wrestling gear. 10 seconds in, if I've never seen him before, I get it. I know who Giovanni Vinci is. But once the bell rang, Giovanni Vinci was no different to me than the guy in Imperium. Later on in the show, you've got uh, you know Roxanne Perez, who I think is going to be a, a big star, very very capable, very talented. I, I love her personality, her fire, her energy, but she doesn't wrestle much different than uh, J C Jane or or a, you can you can insert superstar here, and it's just a concern of mine that to make a truly great WWE superstar. Character has to permeate every step of the match. You have to wrestle with your own skill set. Everybody in NXT, and this is what's going to get blown up, I'm sure. Everybody in NXT, in my opinion, from my perspective, is a better wrestler than I ever was. They are all better athletes than I am. They are better athletes than some of the guys and girls on the main roster. The potential is all there. It's just a matter of maintaining the persona and the personality from bell to bell. Everybody's got it before the bell and after the bell, no pun intended. But from my perspective watching, and and I try to look at everything differently. I've been in this business way too long, right? I've been in with WWE for almost 11 years. I've been in this business in some capacity for damn near 20, probably longer. Like way too much of my life has been spent on the world of sports entertainment. I'm just noticing and I'm looking at things differently. Now I do not watch NXT 2.0 every week. I don't watch it religiously to where I'm up to date on all of the stories and all of the character developments. So when I turn it on at 5am and I'm sipping my coffee and I'm, you should be able to turn on a match mid match and understand who's who and what they're about and what they bring to the table and why they're different than their opponent. Am I wrong?
2: So give me a second here to digest everything that you just you just mentioned. I, f- I want to focus on the Giovanni Vinci and you're talking about as a match with Apollo. And, and I'm not
1: singling Vinci out by no means. I I'm, I've known here. Hey, let's break the fourth wall. I've known Fabian Eichner for many years. I, I did some stuff with him in Europe, I believe, years ago. Wildly talented guy. I think Giovanni Vinci is definitely an upgrade from what we knew in the past. I'm and I'm. This is not a criticism of him or anybody in particular. Or again, this isn't a, a criticism or a critique. I'm trying to. I guess make a suggestion, Put give a, a little advice. Out, a little yeah, 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 yes. This this is not this is not a oh well, this isn't good. No, I, I love it. I enjoy NXT 2.0. It's just an observation from a guy who, let's be honest, watches more wrestling than probably any human being should.
2: Well, let's talk about one of the first names you mentioned specifically. You mentioned Braun Breaker. We've talked about it on this show. Braun Breaker's had how many matches? But Less Braun Breaker 100? stands out. Okay. But that's what I'm saying is it's still developmental for right, some, right, of these, right, right. some of these. So they're still, they're still learning how to take that character because Giovanni Vinci is much different than Fabian Eichner in Imperium. So it's going to be different traits. And I, I, I just think it's still them trying to put pieces together. I, I, I want to throw another set of superstars to you for a second. The Creed brothers. Okay. When they come through the curtain, they've kind of figured it out once yeah. the match starts, what what to do?
1: I'll do you one better. I, okay. Maybe the Creed brothers are, they are an exception. And again, like I guess I'm not trying to paint everybody with the brush and I'm not being negative. This is not a negative discussion. This is just me offering an observation from, from where I sit and the voices in my head that I've come to learn, you know, how certain people think and what certain people like and listening to the crowds all over the world and what works, what doesn't work. I think the Creed brothers are a great example. They stand out. To me, we talk all the time on this show about what a fan I am of those guys because from bell to bell they're different. They don't work like anybody in NXT. They are their own skill set. They they possess the way they move and that never stops. Their movements from the opening bell to the end are unique to the Creed brothers. I want more of that. I'm saying if if you don't watch NXT or you don't watch WWE and you show fans G- Giovanni Vinci versus Apollo Crews. Good match. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not picking it apart or crapping on anything. But what makes Giovanni Vinci different from Apollo Cruz, from Grayson Waller, from, uh, you know, uh, anybody. You, you could pick, they all have Santos great characters. Santos the Don, Escobar. The
2: list goes on. Joaquin Again, Wilde Again, would-
1: great, great characters. And that's the most important part. Now, the next step, maybe that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to offer the next step for a lot of these talents is to incorporate who you are into how you work. There's a disconnect to me when I see Tony D'Angelo, mob boss who should be a, you know, a street fighter. I know he's got some legit credentials. No, he's, he's an athlete before oh, he arrived hockey here and
2: whatnot. Amateur background as well. Sure. A bit,
1: yeah. I don't want to see him wrestle the same way that Giovanni Vinci wrestles. And I don't want to see Giovanni Vinci wrestle the same way that Apollo Cruz wrestles. And I don't want Apollo Cruz to wrestle the same way Braun Breaker does. And again, not that those are all intertwined. I'm over-qualifying here. I'm just trying to establish for when the internet undoubtedly picks this up and shreds it out of context. This is not a negative thing. I just think you look at, the, look at the WWE superstars. Look at the main roster. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns from the minute the first note of his music hits until he's gone You know, on his bus or, or backstage or wherever. Seth freaking Rollins. You can work down the line. These guys are who they are, and they stand out because how they work in the ring reflects who they are as characters. And I think that's just the next logical step. And I'm sure there's somebody There's probably a coach down at the PC going, yeah, of course, Graves, you idiot. We just haven't taught them that yet. No, no, and that's I, okay. I, I'm, I'm just saying that's just a, just a total third party observation. I don't think you're
2: crapping on anything for lack of a better term here, but I'll, I'll use Roman Reigns as an example. You've known, Roman Reigns, from where he was in FCW, essentially to Correct. where he got to in, in NXT, to the Shield, to what he is now—you've seen that metamorphosis right. of the person first and foremost. More importantly, to your point today, the character. And I—that's I, all I, I'm talking I, about. I, is I character. think what I think what you're hitting on is m- maybe a learning curve that you're not seeing a superstar. He does this on the entrance, but then when the match starts, it's completely different. They haven't learned that trait. And look, it took Roman Reigns years to do it. It took Stone Cold Steve Austin years to do it. it took The Rock years to do it. I think they're still trying to learn because at the end of the day, it's development. But what you're saying Agreed. is wrong because I'll take it another step too. Even some of the stories that, that, that we tell are almost some of the same.
1: In you, what you know, capacity? I'm a fan.
2: Well, everyone's a fan. That's why we all got into it, right? Bailey was a fan. Oh, you mean as a
1: personality trait of a superstar.
2: So when they have those personality traits, maybe it's how to make it a little bit different as well. And I think right now some people, maybe this is wrong too, throwing something up against the wall to see if it sticks. And there's nothing wrong with that.
1: But, but again, I, I, I think you're, you're focusing more on the generality of creating a persona and a superstar. And that's, that's not the issue. There's no, to me, there's, no, there was no issue. There's the, the promos that, that everyone cuts and the, and the, the presentation, everybody's presented like a star and every man and woman on that show that I watched this morning, there was never a doubt of like, Oh, this person doesn't belong. Everybody belongs, I I saw several people you could plug in on Raw or SmackDown right away. But what I'm saying is once you get there, what's gonna make you stand out? Because people don't always tune in to see the entrances. A lot of times on Raw or SmackDown, your entrance gets cut because we have to do commercials or we have to do this or that or the other thing. So without the crutch of a video package, and a video screen, and the bells and whistles that our amazing production team whips up to explain who you are, you should be able to tell me in the ring.
2: So this might be a far, far-fetched far name to throw out there. As you've been talking, and I've been trying to correlate this, because I, I do see what you're saying, I, the first name that popped into my head was Rick Demato Martel. He came in the ring, and he'd do a cartwheel, and then he'd play tennis, and then he'd say stop, and then he'd have arrogance and spray perfume around, but he worked his character into
1: a match. I don't even think you need to go back that far. You're right that that, that was that was almost a bit gimmicky. I mean the yes I am a model button that uh, you know. Hopefully Let's Max beat. Dupree finds there a few go. of those to, to hand to Massey <laughs> and Mansois, which is my favorite thing happening right now. But uh, here that, that you you just sparked another thought. Massey and Mansois, right? Obviously, Friday Night Say SmackDown. It again. Beat- Say it again. Massey and Mansois. Say it again. It Max just, Dupree. It sounds sexy just <laughs> coming off of my tongue. I love it. No, but but so for example, there's the Maximum Male Models. We are learning what they're about, and the presentation is such that it's it's not getting wildly popular amongst the WWE universe. Most likely because you're gonna want to see somebody beat the crap out of these guys, right? guy
3: one sure, hundred and one. You want to see, want to see these
1: guys that are well-dressed and talking about how handsome they are get bounced around like a ping pong ball in the ring. But if Massey and Mansoir get in the ring and all of a sudden it's just a, a Mansour match, he does the same moves, does the same everything. And, and What's the difference in what it was six months ago? Exactly. I see. You have to maintain that through the duration of the matchup. It's not easy. It takes years to develop. I remember uh, Terry Taylor. I'll, I'll give him credit. I, I love giving Terry credit for this because Terry was one that really turned the light bulb on for a lot of us in the performance center. Whereas, okay, Corey Graves, uh, dirtbag from the underground can come in. But if all of a sudden I start doing fancy technical wrestling moves and, and it, it's, it, there's a You're disconnect. you not a dirt bag. People there's, don't understand that. But right. you expect me to thumb somebody in the eye and slither around the ring. Pull some and, and, hair. Yeah, exactly. Cut the and corner. I, just, I got you. Yeah. Keep going. I'm going to start another sentence and you're going to throw another one at me. I, I know how this game works, <laughs> but am I making sense? It, you it, are. Yeah, cause I'm not, cause are. it's not, again, it's not critical. It's, it's just an observation that I think will help a lot of these men and women just to keep in their minds. And I get a lot of them are still learning to wrestle. Sure. But I mean, what you got to crawl before you next, can walk. What what that's What I'm saying. the
2: next level? How do you separate what you do from what your opponent does or, or A to B, what's gonna make you different that's gonna wanna make me watch you, follow you, boo you, cheer you. That's
1: what you're trying to get across. Correct. And I I wanna ask Liv Morgan about something like, because that's a a discussion you and I have had regarding her in the past. Is who is Liv Morgan? We know Liv Morgan can wrestle. We know Liv Morgan has charisma. We know Liv's attractive, but who is she? I felt that way about a lot of the superstars on NXT 2.0 and the pacing of everything in the matches is so frenetic. It's move, 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 big bump, big bump, big bump, finish. Whereas I remember when I learned commentary, when I was learning to do commentary, it was a joy to have somebody grab a hold because that was when we got to do our work, especially me as a color commentator. When I don't have to call the move is it because you hit 11 in a row, you grab a hold, you sink in and guess what, buddy? I've now got 30 seconds to talk about your backstory or whatever story needs to be told, or you want to be told.
2: Is that society today? Because I'll use Netflix as an example. Stranger Things, everyone loves it. But you have the ability to watch Stranger Things in a day, right now, as we've already said. I can watch, I don't have to take, Week and week and week. I can get everything right now, instant gratification in my hands, Twitter at a push of a button, Instagram push of a button.
1: To an extent, to an extent, I would agree with that in that, look, there's, we as a company have researchers that pay pay. You know, we pay a lot of money for for research and development, and people like action. People want to see action. People like to tune out whenever something's not happening. I get it. I understand it. But sometimes it's at, it's at the expense of being able to truly flesh out a character or tell a story. It used to be, they would tell us in FCW, you may feel like you're sitting in a hold forever in a day, and the crowd may not be making noise, but the commentators, I had regal at the time, Regal would say, oh, well, here's the deal with Corey Graves, and he's this, and here's why he is this, and why is that? And the one that stands out to me personally was, was Bobby Roode. When Bobby Roode was in NXT, I got to, that was one of my first experiences, getting to go off the rails a little bit and have fun and talk about I remember we were in Brooklyn for TakeOver, and I talked about how Bobby Roode wouldn't even stay in Brooklyn because it was disgusting, so he had a helicopter fly him into the arena and really just little stuff to enhance a character to make the viewers at home understand who they are. So... If Bobby Roode's in the ring, now you're happy to see him get beat up because you know he's an intolerable, better than you, elitist sort of guy.
2: Well, no one likes to hear how, no fan watches and wants to hear how great somebody is. They want to see that person get their ass kicked. We talk about it all the time. What a concept. You make someone hate you, you're a heel.
1: But to your point about society changing, I would say it's a generational thing you can paint everything with the brush to your point. Everything's at the click of a button. You can watch this, you can watch that. You can, you don't have to wait. You can watch a movie at on your couch, like a week after it comes out in the theaters. Nowadays, things have definitely changed. People don't have as much patience, but to me, a lot of times in watching NXT this morning, it felt like watching somebody else play a, a video game, like a game of mortal Kombat or street fighter or, or a fighting game. And I get like, we have a generation and this is the conversation. I got to give credit to MVP because I believe he's the one that, that first, planted this seed in my mind, but we talk about it a lot, how people are, our generation grew up on faster paced superstars. I, You and I are children of the eighties, right? So, so we grew up with Hogan and Savage and Andre and big boss man in larger than life, physically huge guys. And then there was a changeover and, you know, people will credit like Sean and Brett for bringing that changeover in. And it, it was a lot faster paced. And we are now seeing superstars in the ring who grew up without knowing WWE as the land of giants. They knew move, 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 technical wrestling, technical wrestling. But what they lose sight of is not only were Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and this is all a shout out to the, the rival show that's on AE. You, if you haven't watched it yet, I I strongly recommend it. It's fascinating. Also, the Undertaker uh, biography, biography yeah. was excellent. Goldberg this Sunday. Yes, can't wait to check that one out. a and always doing a phenomenal job. But Shawn and Bret were drastically different characters, and they were both extremely well-defined. They both wanted to be champion, but Shawn Michaels was this brash, cocky, arrogant, uh, I'm better than you, I should be the best, and a lot of people hated that. A lot of people liked it, a lot of people hated it. Bret Hart was the salt of the earth, blue collar, look, I'm the best at this. They were defined characters, so when they brought their brand, their style of technical wrestling that was somewhat unknown, a little bit foreign, definitely different for the time. It worked so well, and we talk about it to this day to the point where we're making documentaries about it. But there are other guys who were as talented in the ring as Sean and Brett. From a technical perspective, you hear the name Brad Armstrong always comes to mind. Brad Armstrong, one of the greatest in-ring performers of, of all time, according to most that, that had been in the ring with him and, and knew Brad, but Brad didn't have the personality. Do you know who did have the personality? It was Road Dogg. His brother, who would didn't have a lick of the technical ability, but Road Dog had a personality and a character. And Road Dog, even this is this is how deep in the weeds I'm getting lost. Road Dog would do his jabs, Road Dog would dance. Road Dog didn't wrestle like everybody else. Road Dog wrestled like Road Dog. And that's why you knew Road Dog was one guy, Mr. Ass was somebody else. Triple H was a different thing. Shawn Michaels, everybody was drastically different because they were established personalities who all had their own styles.
2: DX Which takes you back to what we're talking about with the yeah, I, I see what you're saying.
1: That's what uh, Giovanni Vinci is, is a star. I, again, like I, I'm only using him as an example because it was the first one that, that spawned the thought like, man, this guy's entrance is cool. And, and the, the pose with you and Wade outside the ring, it was fun. It was different. It caught my attention, but then the bell rang and it was good. Which again, this isn't an indictment. I'm not saying he has to change anything. I I, I don't think you're saying anything negative. I'm saying it just from my perspective. I would love to see him hit a big move and then pose. And then... Is that me or you? That's my dog. Pancakes, shut up. Keep that in. I was on a roll there, and my freaking idiot four-legged dog for once? Der- I know, for <laughs> once. Well, now I, know, I get yeah. Vic, Vic and Pancake are equally qualified podcast That's hosts. not what I meant. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere.
3: What a wonderful day!
1: This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time.
0: I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. my mind and now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the hotels.com app whether you're looking for a family-friendly right all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices ratings and amenities side by side so start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app
1: but do you see what i'm saying yeah I, I again i i don't this is not negative. This is just what I notice, And I would love to see more of from NXT as a whole.
2: It's it, and it, it makes perfect sense as you started to roll and you started talking about Sean and you started talking about Brett was here's what they were. You talk about road dog. He gravitated and connected with the audience. I think we've talked about this at nauseum. It's great that you can do a thousand moves, but how do you connect with the audience? Cause once I've seen that move four or five times,
1: what else you got? Right. And people don't connect with moves. People connect with characters and story and, and, and pure case,
2: emotion
1: case in point. It doesn't even need a backstory. I went to an indie show a few weeks back here in Pittsburgh because my brother promoted it. What'd you charge him? I didn't charge him anything. I didn't, I was, I was behind the, I was behind the scenes, baby. Oh, I VIP. I there. Okay. I'm you sorry. You know, I was, I was in the, in the Eagle's nest I- watching <laughs> things. But to that point I, I, I went just to support my brother, you know, and, it was a match earlier in the card that stood out to me with two characters. And that's what stood out to me. I, I within 10 seconds of the first guy coming out there's a guy on the Indies and I shout him out. He's called beast man. This guy is about 400 pounds, does like a caveman character, but within about 10 seconds of him walking through the curtain, I knew who he was. Everybody in the crowd knew who he was. And it, granted, it was 250 people versus a 10,000 seat arena. My point remains the same. He wrestled like you would expect a beast man to wrestle and his opponent was super Oprah, Ah. a guy you and I have known from the Ohio Ohio independence for years. Great, great human being. And it was not a technical masterpiece. I'm sure if I watched it back with the analytical eye that I watched NXT this morning, I would have 50 things to pick apart from. But what I took away from it was, I don't know much about these guys beyond, you know, personal, Hey, how are you over the years? but the crowd gravitated and they easily digested and understood who both individual characters were the caveman or super Oprah, which if you don't know super Oprah, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is. It it is. It truly is. Google them. And I complimented and thanked them both afterwards because they, they were both characters from the opening bell till the end. And they had a great match. It was a fun match. It was dramatic. And at the end, the crowd was ecstatic And everybody had fun. And I guarantee you, to a person, everybody that walked out of that club that night went, oh, I could tell you about this guy. I could tell you who that person is. It's just maintaining that persona because that's what people gravitate toward. People weren't going, oh, that was a great 450 inverted this, that, and the other thing. Like, I'm sure people can do that. But to me, leaving that night, that was what I was thinking about was those two because they committed to who they were, who they were presenting themselves to be to the audience. And the audience went, okay, I get it, I love it. And that is not unique to the independents. That's worked, tried and true in this business for years and years and years. When you lose sight of somebody stepping into a role, you are that much more likely to believe in them as a superstar.
2: You've been holding this for a while, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I have, You, you,
2: Someone put a quarter in, in you and you went on a ride today. I like a fired up Graves. A I'm not fired Graves.
1: up. I, I'm in a good mood and passionate it, like I said, Graves. Let me passionate. take passionate. Up. Passionate, passionate Graves. Take. That's what I will I want. take passionate because that's what this is all about. This is I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody. Obviously, the business is healthy. The business is great. We're, we're sitting at the top of the mountains. We're the tastemakers, so to speak. So why not use my little platform to? I'm, yeah, I'm shouting out something I enjoy on the Independence. If I enjoy something somewhere else, I, maybe I'll bring that up too. It's not. It's not a a us versus them. It's this is the business. And without the guys and girls toiling away on the indies, without the guys and girls who are playing other sports who already have their eyes on this goal, the business has nowhere to grow. So let's educate everybody from the ground up and then really let the cream rise to the top rather than, oh, well, this person's okay, but they need this. Listen, if you're listening to this, I guarantee you somebody listening to this is either driving to an indie show right now or or they you know they're booked on an indie show this weekend or they're, getting ready for their NXT tryout in a few weeks or they're in NXT
2: right now and or they're, they're going to be right ready now. to come into work.
1: Exactly. This is not a, a negative conversation. This is simply advice from a guy that let's be honest. I try to be humble when it comes to this, but I freaking know what I'm talking about and people Sterling love to get James, all, baby. all hot and bothered and, and pissed off and lathered up because I say stuff they don't say or they don't like. Honestly, that's because I'm right
2: well it comes from a good place and i don't think anything you've said today you know with this conversation that sparked in your mind was negative because it's just it's not even criticism it's hey man this is how you take it to the next step because everybody that's in this company whether raw smackdown nxt or getting on a trial wants to succeed because if you succeed you make money and everybody is in this at the end of the day to make a few bucks exactly
1: and i've made more of it than a lot of people so uh you
2: know, you're such a d-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to end it on a high note. I had to lift everybody's spirits just a little bit more after my hour long pontification. I promise I'm done. We're going to shift gears to something everybody does want to hear. And that is our guest, the new SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. Vic, it's about that time. Finally, oh, yeah. for the very first time ever on After the Bell. It's her first appearance, but more importantly, her first appearance as SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. Liv, welcome to ATB. Thank you, guys. Thank
0: you guys for having me. Good morning.
1: I want you to walk me back through the past two weeks of your life. Money in the Bank, particular. We were all in the building in Las Vegas. We watched you, A, become Miss Money in the Bank and waste absolutely no time cashing in. You've had about... Two weeks now for the world to give you your flowers to celebrate and enjoy. But walk us back through it. How chaotic is it for you as the new SmackDown Women's Champion?
0: Uh, It's been a whirlwind. It's been everything just feels very surreal. I mean, um, it's just crazy how the universe just kind of lays your plan out for you. I feel like, you know, thinking back to last year, I thought I was going to win Money the Bank. I thought it was my time. I was so fully confident. And then, um, you know, I didn't win. You fast forward to this year, I walked into Money the Bank, same thing, hoping that, you know, this is my year. I'm going to win this year. I was so determined. I literally wanted nothing more than to walk in Money the Bank and leave, miss Money in the Bank. Um, and so I went Money the Bank. And it is the most overwhelming. Feeling I've ever had in my whole entire life um, the at the top
1: I- of the ladder. You could see the emotion on your face
0: at the top of the ladder. It was, um, I absorbed it all. I absorbed every single second of it. I absorbed every reaction. I looked into people's eyes. Like I made sure to absorb as much as it as I possibly could. And so that was, that was like enough for me. I had kind of no plan um cashing in really. I was like, I'm gonna go celebrate. I'm gonna hit the, the strip. I miss money right, the bank. Right. But I told myself, you know, I'm when the time is right, when the time feels right, I'm gonna cash this in. And so I'm watching Nadine Ronda, and I get like this overwhelming feeling in my body like the time is right. And so I just I run out there and I cash in. And you know, it got scary for a second. <laughs>
1: How, how did it feel in that moment? The, the WB universe has talked a lot about how your emotion was visible. Not only was it the fastest anybody's ever seen you run down the ramp, ah. you got in there with the briefcase and, and it was, you were like a tornado of emotion and, and everybody saw it. And you were in that moment. When did it sink in? Was it in the ring after you had the championship when the ref counted three? When did it become real? Because in this business, we talk all the time about don't believe anything until it actually happens. You said yourself last year you thought was your year and th- there's ups and downs and everybody. Things start looking like they're going in a certain direction and you yeah, get the rug pulled gonna- out from under under you once in a while. It happens. It's, it's this business. So to have your moment, when did it finally become real?
0: Honestly, not until I got back to my hotel room and I just laid in bed and stared at the ceiling and held my championship and just kind of absorbed the last two hours of my life.
1: Um, this, this was after I saw you walking through the casino oh, with yes. your Smackdown Women's Championship. <laughs> I, I didn't even tell you this, Vic. Uh, Mella and I are sitting at a slot machine or walking through the slot machines and here comes Liv and some friends and I d- did a double take and there it is. There's a Smackdown Women's title in the middle of the casino.
2: <laughs> it's just like she said I was going to go out and celebrate on the strip. That's what she I'm saying. Said, you I know have, what? Instead there... of taking this briefcase, how about I just get the briefcase Briefcase and the SmackDown Women's title and then just stunt up and down Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> uh,
0: it was I went right to my room, though. I went right to my room and I just... You don't got
2: to lie to us, Liv. You can be no, honest I did. on this show. I
0: did. I did. I went right to my room and I just... I, I didn't want to do anything. I thought I'd want to go out. I thought I'd want to celebrate. But I really just wanted to appreciate that moment. I didn't want to be distracted. I kind of just really wanted to appreciate what I had just done. So I just laid there and I just ran everything through my head kind of in disbelief, but, like, not disbelief because it's, like...
1: It's real. <laughs> it's
0: real, you know? But, um, yeah, I just laid there and just tried to soak it all in for as long as I could, and I watched it back, like, a million times, and I just was like, holy
2: <laughs> You know, watching it live, you had a great moment after the match with Ronda where she kind of gave you the hug and let you have your, your moment. Did anyone reach out to you that night when you're in your hotel room and you're just trying to absorb it that surprised you?
0: Yeah. I played the fifth
2: though. <laughs> oh, come on. I knew I had something there. Come on, damn it. I can't. But yeah, there was a couple
0: texts. I was like,
2: Ooh. oh. Oh, I, I, I knew I had bait right there. And she, <laughs> mm, I thought I could get her.
1: See, you're going to ruin my my gig here. Everyone likes to come on ATB because I don't try to blow up their spot. I don't try That's, to pry. Yeah, and here's dude, Vic just trying to put question like everybody's personal life out on blast. It's kind of gross. Stop it. It's not it's what we do. <laughs> Liv, as SmackDown Women's Champion, why is now the right time for you? Why Why did the universe align, as you said? I know that's something you, you're really into, the spirituality yeah. and the energies and things like that. Why is now the moment for Liv Morgan?
0: I believe what you put into the universe is what you get out of it. And I kind of made a point to mention last year how I felt ready. And even though I did, I still had doubts. I still deep down had moments of doubt of questioning myself, um, if I was good enough, if, if I really am ready, even though I wanted it so bad, um, fast forward to this year, I mean, over the last couple months, um, just kind of naturally I've felt my confidence and just, um, my belief in myself kind of just, it took it to a whole new level that, um,
1: was there something that inspired that or it's just an internal feeling?
0: it was just like an internal feeling. It was just an internal feeling. Um, I feel like I kind of more so over the last six or seven months have kind of really stepped into my own in the ring and, um, just having, um, more of an inner belief that, you know, um, I can be champion and I'm going to be champion and I am great in the ring and I am great on the mic, you know, just kind of having more positive self-talk that really, really resonated and kind of catapulted me mentally to the next level to feel like there's no doubt in my mind, I'm ready. And so that's kind of how I've been maneuvering over the last couple of months. My mindset has just kind of changed and it went from, I want it so bad. And I think I'm ready to, I want this more than I can breathe more than I want to breathe. And I know that I'm ready.
1: How much have the fans had to do with you believing in yourself? Because it's obvious you've got a strong connection with the WWE universe, uh, perhaps more so than a lot of our superstars. Uh, You're very active on social media. Every time you're posting on social media, usually it it revolves around an interaction with the fans or how much you value them. How much have the fans driven you and kept you sane to where you are to, to achieve this?
0: So much. I feel like I owe Almost it all to my fans. I feel like I've said this a couple of times, so many times that I felt like throughout my journey in WWE, um, I know the fans believe in me. I I felt their belief for me, but so many times I felt like I was giving them absolutely nothing to believe in. And here they are just still um, rooting for me and wanting me to succeed. And I wanted more than anything to actually give them something to believe in, to feel proud, like all your years of standing by me, like I'm going to repay it to you in this moment. And that's kind of what money in the bank and cashing in was for me. Like this championship, it's as much for them as this was for me. And so I I, I, I owe everything to them. I really do. They've um, given me so much confidence in myself and so much belief in myself. And like I said, I really just wanted to give them something. I wanted to give them something to believe in um, that I was actually proud of or felt like, um, was up to par for what I want for them.
2: You know, I, I was with you through NXT and the road shows, And then when you got quote unquote called up, um, in November, a few years back, you were one of the very few. And I say this in all honesty, that took time for every single person that wanted a photo that wanted an autograph. And that's what always stood out to me about you as the person, but there's also, and I've, I've been with you and you've shed tears. You know, I've seen that emotion come out of you. How do you pursue those that don't buy in? How do you block out that negativity sometimes that you hear, whether it's from a fan live or or on social media?
0: You could have the most perfect painting, the most perfect drawing, the most perfect meal, the most perfect human in the world, and um, someone's not going to like it. You know, um, I enjoy the good just as much as I enjoy the bad. It's just something that luckily – has never bothered me (laughs) i don't know i don't know um everyone has their opinion and everyone's entitled to their own opinion and kind of feel like what you think about me is none of my business you know if you love me if you hate me i mean um i could only do what i feel is right and that's something that i've kind of done my whole career is um i've just tried to stay as true to me as i possibly could
1: well if you're talking about the the importance of staying true to yourself i think that's going to come into play now looking at things objectively, sort of the the rise of Liv Morgan, you've been the ultimate underdog. I think Michael Cole referred to you last week on SmackDown as the miracle kid. It was something that a lot of people never thought was actually going to happen. And it did. And it was a feel good moment. I mean, everybody on social media was weighing in congratulating you people in the locker room, people you've shared locker rooms in the past. It was the rise and it was a feel good moment. What is stopping this from just being the feel good moment of the summer and say, Okay, well, Liv, the underdog achieved what she wanted to achieve. Now what? What does Liv have planned? What do you have in mind to make sure you keep the audience's attention and let them know, hey, this isn't just some flash in the pan. This wasn't just a feel-good moment of the, of the, the night.
0: I can't stress enough. I've worked for this moment to hold this championship my whole entire life. This is 28 years in the making. So, yes, it took me so much to win it. But I don't know why anyone would think that... I wouldn't fight just as hard if not one million times harder to keep it. This is what I eat, sleep, breathe, live. I live for this and I die for this like no pun intended. This is my whole entire life. This is not something that I take lightly this um, responsibility. this is not like an accessory to me. this is this is um, this is a gift. It's just crazy because I'm so aware that when I started here, no one really expected much from me. Um, I'm not a generational talent. I do not have any famous family members. I literally walked into this knowing absolutely nothing except that I loved it more than I loved anything in my whole entire life. You know, just no one expected a thing from me. And now here I am sitting near SmackDown Women's Champion. I don't know why that is not proof enough.
1: Well, you're not wasting any time looking to be a fighting champion and living up to the bar that you've set for yourself tonight. As this airs, you will go one on one with uh, Natalia on Friday night SmackDown. And a little further down the road, Nashville, SummerSlam, one on one with former champion, the woman you cashed in on Rowdy, Ronda Rousey. Saying that out loud to yourself, is that a little overwhelming? You are headed to SummerSlam in a stadium versus Rowdy, Ronda, Rousey. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for someone to go, ooh, yeah, that's a little daunting. Why are you so confident?
0: You know, it actually is insane because I was serving wings as Ronda Rousey was winning, you know, her championships. I watched her from my job as she's, you know, winning championships, absolutely dominating um, women in the UFC and so I think Rhonda remembers like how it felt for her to win her first championship for her to feel vindicated like that moment of I'm going to protect this with my whole entire life and now I know she's stronger than me I get it I understand she might be more technically skilled at fighting well she's not much she 100% is more technically skilled at fighting but I didn't Grow up with goals to be a UFC champion. I didn't grow up with goals to be an Olympic athlete. I grew up wanting to be a WWE superstar, a WWE champion. That's what I've spent my whole entire life working for. And I'm not, you know, discrediting that she has all these other accolades. That's amazing. But she didn't work her whole life for this. I did. I worked my entire life for this. And I know it's not going to be easy, it's going to be the fight of my life. But there's no way that in my mind um, I'm not leaving SummerSlam with this championship. She's going to have to kill me. She's going to have to break my arm. I, I love it. You know, it's so crazy that I'm walking into my own title match, kind of the underdog. As
1: the underdog, right. That's And that's what I'm saying. And I think, I think a lot of the WWE universe looks at it that same way. This is something you're going to have to shake, basically, due to no fault of your own. That's just sort of the nature of the beast. That, that's what I, I'm excited to see the next step for Liv Morgan as SmackDown Women's Champion and why and for you to be able to show the the entire world the question that we've been asking. And, and I'll be blatantly honest with you. Vic and I have discussed it on this show. I've sang your praises as a competitor, as a talent for many, many years now. And I think a lot of people have seen the, the potential that was held in Liv Morgan. And it was always someday she will be someday she will grow into she will become. Well, now here we are, and you are the SmackDown Women's Champion. So now I ask you, today, who is Liv Morgan?
0: If you look at my life on paper, you would think, you would know that I was not supposed to be here. I was not supposed to make it to WWE. I was not supposed to have these opportunities. I was not supposed to have this WWE Women's Champion, but here I am holding it. Um I've defied every single, every single odd uh, in my life. Some that you know I could never even share. This runs so much deeper to me than just being your champion. This is just a culmination of my whole entire life's work. Everything that I've been through is in this moment. Um I'm someone that's willing to live for this i'm someone that's willing to die for this um it means more to me than i could ever 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 explain um yeah i'm someone that was never supposed to make it but here i am
1: here you are indeed i'm gonna lighten the mood a little bit just just because i i don't want to take this too too far down into the doldrums. Lighten it up. lighten it up a little bit We talked about how how much responsibility comes with being SmackDown Women's Champion, but give us an example. Like how has your life changed from the night before Money in the Bank to now less than two weeks later, but you obviously you've got media appearances, you're on this show, they keep you busy. What's what's something you learned about being a champion that maybe you didn't expect?
0: You know, honestly, I don't feel like much. Um, I feel like I've been prepping for this for so freaking long. Um, I mean, yes, I'm more busy, but I feel like I've always been willing and wanting to put in the work. That's not something that that's a pretty
1: great flex, like I'm the champion now, but nothing's really changed. because I just stay ready? (laughs) No, but I like it. It's good.
0: I don't feel like much has changed. I just I'm just ready to put in the work like I feel like I've been doing. So I'm just something that I get to proudly carry around every single second of my life now
2: (laughs) has anything changed in in, in your mind because you know we talk about these dreams and you on this journey but now you have the bullseye on your back now you're the one that everyone's gunning for now you're the one that's being hunted has that changed anything in your mind
0: you know I thought I'd be more scared not not scared that there's a target on my back but more intimidated actually being champion but I'm not like usually before my segments, I'm pacing around like a lunatic. Like I am, (laughs) I am very neurotic. I can't stop moving. Uh, My heart's pounding a million miles a second. And, you know, I still get nervous, but it's not the anxiety nervous that I would get, which is funny to me because, you know, now I'm in a bigger spotlight, have more of a responsibility, more of a duty, but it's kind of put me at ease. Like, I hate to say it, but this is like the validation that I hate that I needed. It's just validated every single thing in me that any doubt it's like gone, you know, any kind of worry it's gone is this feels like it it gave me like a little superpower.
1: Validation is a great way to explain it. It sort of ups your confidence and makes you realize that you belong. Hindsight being 2020. Are you glad that it took Liv Morgan this long to finally reach the pinnacle 100%
0: yeah I think what makes my journey just like a little bit different my fans have really have really seen me go from nothing to you know something um I said a little bit before but you know I'm aware that maybe people thought that I would never really do anything in this business or that I'd never really adapt and so my fans kind of watched me go from this little girl learning how to take a bump and run the ropes to scratching and clawing and fighting for eight years to become women's champion, you know, um, something that at times I thought maybe weren't in the cards for me, something that I kind of um, have learned to accept along the way, but I never stopped fighting and I never stopped believing and I never stopped having hope. And so Here I am, you know, they just have been on this journey, this crazy, crazy journey
1: with you every step of the way, which is why, why you have such a a crazy connection with your fans. There's no doubt about it now as the SmackDown women's champion, uh, and the, the face of the division on Friday nights comes with a little, comes with a little clout. So, uh, perfect world somewhere down the line, maybe post SummerSlam after SummerSlam happens. What does Liv Morgan look forward to? And what would you like to see personally in the women's division, whether that be on SmackDown, whether that be on Raw, is there someone you want to face? Is there something you want to see more of? Something you are not crazy about? This is your chance to to call your shot as the champ. Well, geez, um, not that any of it's actually going to come to fruition, but oh, yeah. you know, we have a Sometimes pretty good record. Happens. We have a pretty good record on this show that when we talk about, oh, someday I'd like this to happen, we had a pretty bad habit of speaking that into existence. So maybe this is your chance. Maybe this is a good thing.
0: I think maybe just what I'd like to see is just more people getting opportunities. You know, like I know how long it took for me to finally get my opportunity. I love to see that with more women. Like, I, you know, I didn't really even like know this stat, but I'm like the first woman in four years to hold this SmackDown championship. I wasn't a four horse woman.
1: I saw that on Twitter yesterday. Wow. That's actually
2: yeah. a pretty stat.
0: I was like insane and um you know i'm so i'm grateful and i'm so proud that you know i got to do that but there's so many other talented women on the roster that um could have just as much of the impact i feel like you know i've given the chance
1: there it is live morgan open challenge book it boom
0: oh yeah <laughs> i'm ready to go whenever i'll go right now i'll play right now um but
1: <laughs> All right. And I got to ask you, before we let you go, I know you're a busy woman being SmackDown Women's Champion and all. Uh, what have you been doing with your downtime? I, I see your pictures on social media. Uh, I know you're in Florida in these creeks. Or is that a river that you're always posting these videos oh, yeah. on? It looks so serene it's a and peaceful.
0: Spring. It's a natural spring that I like to kayak on or paddleboard on. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah. You know, I haven't gone there since I've won. I've honestly been like laying up. I've been like, <laughs> I've been laying low. I've been staying inside, um, not for any particular reason. I just, um, I'm getting ready for the schedule, man.
1: That's it. Just enjoy the downtime while you have it. I'm surprised you
2: haven't put the title on the canoe and taken it on a nice little journey with you. Just, you I'm know. trying to
0: get my workouts in. I'm trying to get my naps in. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm going to be a busy girl. So let me get my rest in now. I've been I've been enjoying my downtime, though. I've just been taking it easy
1: chilling. You've been working hard. You deserve the downtime before we let you go. One last question. This is an opportunity for you to manifest something in, in the future. If Woo! let's say for the, the remainder of 2022, what is Liv Morgan manifesting for herself and for WWE?
2: Okay. You're coming with the hard hitting, like thinking. I listen, I I, I know, today. I know
1: a little bit about Liv and what she's into and the spirituality. And I, I sort of, you know, dabble I'm learning. So I'm very curious. She, she knows this. She's All right. For those of you listening, she's got her hand, both hands over her face and is thinking very, very deeply right now before speaking something into existence.
0: I know. And, you know, we just had the full moon yesterday. I'm literally drinking moon water right now. So I know I know whatever this is, is a powerful thought. So I'm just trying to really take it seriously. (laughs) Well, what do I wish for me um, in 2022? I'd love I love to main event WrestleMania and defend my women's championship and to retain. That's like my personal goal in WWE in 2022. I'm going to be the longest reigning SmackDown women's champion in history.
1: I love it. No argument from me. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think we're doing just great. (laughs) Love
1: it. I know that I promise you that was the last question, but you mentioned you were drinking moon water. Could you please kindly explain to me what the hell moon water is? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was a joke when you first said it. I thought it was just like a fancy name you gave something.
0: So last night was a full moon and, um, you know, whatever you believe or not. But, you know, I believe that moon has magical properties in it, right? So on a full moon, that is heightened. So what I did is I take probably, we could do whatever cup you want, whatever. I do a mason jar. So I take this mason jar, I fill it with water, put it outside under the moonlight, like do a ceram wrap or cover it or something so no buggies get in here. And then you just let it sit under the moon. And before you do that, though, you can kind of set an intention like, I want this moon water to do this for me, to do that for me, you know, but kind of say it like you already have it. Like, let's say you want more confidence, not moon water, make me more confident. I'm more confident. You can say it like you already have it. I'm the most confident I've ever been. Set these intentions on this moon water, let it sit overnight, wake up, you can put it in the fridge if you want to drink it cold, and then you just um, drink it. And so you're drinking all that positive energy. You're drinking all that manifestation. You're drinking um, just all that good energy.
2: But off of a full moon, not a half moon, not a quarter moon.
0: No, full.
1: So okay. we have, I believe, tonight in Pittsburgh, a super moon. We're recording this on Wednesday, but I believe tonight is a super moon. Would a super moon be an appropriate moon with which to make moon water? Okay. You throw a
2: bourbon, you might be able
0: to do it. Like, no into it, too. I know, I know she
1: is. I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask her about this. We're going to have to yeah, figure this out. Maybe, maybe tonight we're going to do Super a little. Super Moon,
2: do you do like a vodka water? Shut up, Vic. Did you can do a views? Thank you. Exactly. Not shut up, Vic. That was a Last very. Last time, time I drank question. anything out
1: of a mason jar that started with Moon, I ended up in a ditch. <laughs> all right. Well, Liv, you are. Uh, I'm going to give this Moon water thing a shot. Maybe I'll set a few uh, good intentions on your behalf. I'm very happy Thank for you, up. as we all are. You are always welcome on ATB. I know I made you wait to become champion before I let you on the show, so I apologize for that. It gave me so much more motivation.
0: I was like, I wanna be on that damn show.
1: And now it's gonna be like, no Liv, Uh I'm sorry. I have to have other guests. We can't do this every week. Ah! So, well, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You got a lot of support. You got a lot of people rooting for you and uh, good luck against Natalia and going forward against Rhonda and everything that comes your way. Keep going champ.
0: I'm going.
1: I gotta be honest with you, man. After that little conversation with, with Liv, uh, I'm I'm looking at her in a bit of a different light of definitely a better light, but I'm one of these guys and we've talked about it on here. And I was open and honest with Liv. I've had questions as to whether or not Liv had what it took to be the face of the company. Well, here she is. And hearing her explain herself and her drive and her journey to get here really gives me some optimism, not only for Liv as SmackDown Women's Champion, but for, for the business as a whole. You
2: know, last week we talked about the Money in the Bank matches, both the men and the women, and and, and I thought Liv Morgan had to win, not because of any insight that I have. It's because where do you go as a character? Much like we talked about at the start of the show, how do you get to the next step? And she's done the work, she's busted her ass, and now the ball is in her court. Whatever she does with it is what she's going to make of it, and I think she is going to continue to answer the critics wrong, and I'm very excited for her on a personal note.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's always, I tweeted something that night uh, after her victory, something to really effect of, It's always nice to see the good guys win once in a while. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. You'd be hard-pressed to find somebody more beloved behind the scenes uh, than, than Liv. And she, she definitely worked hard to be in the spot. I hate saying the term deserve it. I hate, hate, hate. Now I'm back on the angry train. I hate, I hate, 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 hate. 11 hates when people chant, you deserve it when someone wins a championship. They win the championship because they're the best. It's not a reward. It's not a reward, people. You don't say, to oh, he showed up to work. let's make him the champion. No, you win because you deserve to be the champion because of your work, not because the fans chant you
2: deserve it. Sorry. If you're headed to Raw Monday. Make sure you yell it in Graves' his ear as soon as he sits down on the table. Just you deserve it before the show starts. Just to piss him off.
1: End of quote. Repeat line. You can follow me at After the Bell WWE on Twitter. Yes, I said just me because let's be honest, no one follows After the Bell's Twitter for Vic Joseph because all he That's d- not true. Okay, maybe it's not true. But you can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. You can find me personally at WWE Graves. I'm doing my best to not engage with anybody anymore. So don't waste your time. Listen for free on Spotify. Just search after the bell. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom. I feel like we really leaned on the wisdom today. Wisdom. I feel Big like it's been a while today. since I've dropped some knowledge bombs on these fools. More vitriol, which we gave you a healthy dose of as well. And more WWE after the bell. By the way, nice way to drop in marbles this past Monday. You have no marbles. marbles.